Bring me my new clock, make it tick and tock. Are you one from the past? It got tired, you ran so fast. Now is not the time to try, it's too late. Walk on by, walk on by. Are you one from the past? Tit not tat, no give, no take. No give, no take, no take, no give, no tip for tat. Are you one from the past? She got hard, you ran so fast. Now is not the time to try. It's too late. Walk on by, walk on by. Walk on by, walk on by, walk on by, walk on by. my new life bring me 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 my new hips make them sway make them slip when the dance floor's turning on i'll be there i won't miss a song a song when the dance floor's turning on i'll be there won't miss a song bring me my new bed bring me my new bed bring me my new my new bed to rest my sleepy head move it out take it all throw the pillows down the hall clear the slate clean the ground a whole new way whole new way lay me down lay me down whole new way whole new way lay me down bring me my new life bring me my new Bring me my new life. Yeah, Hollywood. There you go. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to conjure it up. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so glad you sang that song today. I think we all need some newness in our lives. Um, so thank you for yeah, being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mona Lisa, for suggesting I come along absolutely and you're always welcome here at mutiny radio um so I know you're actually heading down the coast a little bit today mm -hmm. so um maybe next time you come we could do a, a longer set but mm -hmm. what do you have coming up next and how can people connect to you and your music um so uh well I'm coming back out to the bay area the weekend of March 23rd 24th uh, I'm playing a show at the Berkeley Plaza the new downtown on the plaza Berkeley BART station on the 23rd, along with Cello Joe, and then uh, an all-women's show in Santa Cruz on, at the Kulumba Jazz Center on the 24th of March. And then otherwise, um, have some music online at radwoman.com, R-A-D-W-O-M-A-N.com, or my name, Polly Wood, P-O-L-L-Y-W-O-O-D dot W-S. Very cool. Yeah. I'm so glad you were here today to bring your energy into the room and conjure up. Yeah, um, you can always add new verses to that song. Bring me my new whatever. Bring it. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for being part of this Women Who Rock episode. You certainly rock, and you are opening up channels here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in our, our, uh, our new guest. 
right now. Um, Mari Fong, thank you so much for being here as well. Um, I know that you're a music journalist, but you've worked in the music industry for a long time, uh, both as a producer for Sirius XM Radio, but also as a professional coach um, to a lot of musicians. And uh, recently we're in the Bay Area to go to the, or I'm sorry, Southern California to go to the She Rocks um, awards, awards. Right. So, uh, thank you for being here on Women's Magazine today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Me too. I, you know, we're getting a lot of going to have a lot of different voices coming in. Pamela Parker's calling in in just a couple minutes. But um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit uh, more about uh, kind of wh- where you are and in, in, in your roles that that you're currently serving, you know, the world and through the music industry. Well, I was a uh, former music editor for a Los Angeles newspaper uh, through Campus Circle Media, and through that, I've been fortunate enough to be able to interview uh, different bands, talk with them one-on-one, and write some great articles. Uh, But through that, I also found that, um, you know, there were a lot of struggles and challenges uh, to being a touring musician, even to being a local musician. And right now, um, you know, with all of all of the tragic things that have happened with um, artists like Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, uh, Mac Miller, people that have uh, uh, weren't able to survive their their own life challenges. I'm really become an advocate for musicians and their mental health. Uh, so I became certified to be a life coach for musicians, and since then I've also been putting on different events to raise money uh, to. Sp- be able to speak out more on mental health and uh, the music industry. Uh, I put on a an event called the Chinatown Get Down, and I partner with different nonprofits like Homeless Healthcare Los Angeles. Um, the last one I did was uh, to support Sweet Re- uh, Sweet Relief Musicians Fund uh, to raise money again for musicians and mental health. Uh, so that's basically my my focus right now is just to start the conversation. Um, and also to talk about solutions uh, to have better mental health. I'm so glad you're here to join us today, and you're going to be kind of my constant guest throughout the rest of the hour. Um, We do have a phone call coming in right now from Pamela Parker. So let's talk to her because she is uh, an active musician. She's um, a professional here in the San Francisco Bay Area, but also a touring musician who is a sound engineer at Hyde Street Studios. Pamela Parker, are you with us? Hey, how's it going? Really well. Thank you so much for calling in today. I'm sitting here with Mari Fong, and we were just talking about kind of uh, how to approach, you know, the balance of life as a musician. Um, so we played one of your songs earlier, and uh, oh, are, are you uh, on tour right now? Um, we just got done doing a show at the Independent in San Francisco last Saturday, which was awesome. And we're not really on tour, no. We just did that one show, and we are going to be hitting other places. We're going to be up in Alpine Meadows. We're going to be playing the Earth Day Festival in San Francisco. And so, yeah, we're going to be moving around. So is a lot of your work right now, tell, talk about your experiences um, as uh, at the Hyde Street Studios. Um, how long have you been doing that? And uh, where did, what kind of did, square did you start from? And where have you gone uh, since then? 
Um, I started at Hyde Street Studios about 11 years ago. And before that, I had been working at studios in the Washington, D.C. area, where I'm from. Um, I got a couple degrees in music in that area. Uh, one of them was vocal performance with a double minor in piano and guitar. And then the second one was commercial music, which was more like being a record producer, an engineer, writing arrangements, writing charts, um, doing orchestration, conducting orchestras, writing for jazz bands. Um, that was more of the commercial music bachelor's degree. So from that, um, I had to do an internship for my college degree, and I called up Michael Franti, and he hooked me up with one of his producer engineers, Jay Bowman. So I came out to San Francisco to do an internship with Jay Bowman, and then through Jay Bowman, I met Maestro Curtis, who showed me all these really amazing things like color theory, um, sound therapy, you know, sound healing, how you could heal through sound and uh, what colors could do for people, you know, how they could change their moods and um, make them feel a different feeling. So I just thought that was so great. I decided I really wanted to move out here because it was a little bit different Um you know, otherwise I was going to maybe move to New York and work at Electric Lady Studios. Um, so I moved out here, and when I moved out here, <clears throat> I asked a friend of mine who was living here, who was also a musician, Eric McFadden, um, he, I asked him, you know, what studio is your favorite in the Bay? And he said Hyde Street Studios. So I called them up, and um, one of their interns had dropped off the Wednesday schedule, so... <clears throat> I took that schedule, and then from there, I climbed my way, and now I'm a staff engineer, and I bring in my own clients, and they give me clients as well, so I produce and engineer, and I also play on different sessions as well there. That's kind of what that looks like for me. I love the, the awesome kind of uh, organic nature of of the evolution of your career so far. Um, so... How do you tend to balance your your life? Um, I know you're you're doing a lot of sound engineering and work for other people and, and sitting on sessions, as you said. Um, how do you balance that with also your own uh, music and, and your creative process? Uh, sure. Well, I don't really do a lot of sessions. I only do sessions that I want to do. So, you know, it's not really every day for me. You know, although I do feel like I'm at the studio every day, maybe doing something, but mostly, you know, I work on my own projects and then I'll take on clients if I really dig their projects. So it is really a project by project basis. Um, you know, if someone really needs me, I'll step in and I'm available. That's fine. Um, but I'm not really too busy doing that um, just because I'm focusing on my own music career. I can't really do that all the time. Um, you know, it's almost like a one third and then a two thirds. So I'm one third doing the sound engineering producing thing and then two thirds doing my own thing um, with performing. And there's just a million other things to do. <laughs> it's insane, the list of things. So I don't know about a balance. <laughs> I don't know if I've struck any kind of a balance, really. Um, Yoga definitely helps me feel like I'm more balanced. 
And so, you know, I really try to do that every morning, at least a little bit, and do some meditation and try to think about what I want to create for the day. You know, so that creates a little bit of a balance in me. But I feel like really I'm working all the time on either one of those two projects, either the someone else's project or my own project. So that's kind of what that looks like. <laughs> you know, you mentioned that uh, you worked with Michael Fronte. And uh, I just, last week I was just um, at his uh, uh, performance uh, where he mm-hmm. presented his film Stay Human and also sang some of his new songs from his new album. Right. He's such a positive person and he really gets people feeling really good with his music. What was it when you worked with him that was kind of the takeaway message, uh, something that you learned from him just by working you know, with, with him and you know, kind of seeing his process? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't work with him. He just hooked me up with an internship working with one of his producer engineers so he was more of a catalyst for me um he said that he had just finished work on everyone deserves music and they actually recorded everyone deserves music at Hyde street studios um i don't know if they recorded it all there but i know that they recorded at least some of it there if not all of it um so i almost got to work on that project with him but he was finished so he just sent me over to jay bowman and, you know, so I didn't really work with Michael Fronti himself. He really just was a nice guy, you know, and hooked me up with an internship because I needed the internship to graduate from college. Right. So, you know, for me, I met Michael Fronti on the jam cruise in 2004. So I had kept in touch with him from 2004 to 2007 I think it was I came out to do my internship and you know I had sent him like my old band CD and just kind of kept in touch with him and you know he was nice enough to let me into his world enough to kind of hook me up with Jay Bowman so for me like I think really a takeaway about him is that he really has a community spirit and I felt Like, even though I was really nobody to him, he still helped me. And I just thought that was the coolest thing because he's a really great guy and I love what he sings about and what he stands for. You know, when I first experienced his band on the Jam Cruise, at the time I had really been looking for an inspiration to some artist to inspire me who was doing good in the world. And so when I saw his band play for the first time I thought wow this is this is someone who's gonna really inspire me a lot and um you know on the jam cruise he was having people come up and talk to him and he just had like a whole line of people that wanted to talk to him and you know I was one of those people so it was just kind of one of those things that I kept in touch and he somehow was able to answer my phone call (laughs) and hook me up so I just felt really special and that he took time to even help me, you know, because it didn't really do anything for him. So I felt like that was a really nice gesture of him to do. Yeah, he's just an uplifting person, and I'm. it's good to hear that he's an authentic person, you know, that he is as nice and kind as he appears to be on stage. And, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about inspiration. He um, has this film now called Stay Human, and it's all about that. It's all about people that he's met all around the world that have inspired him. And oh, cool. uh, now it's all coming out through his music. So thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, awesome. and, and Pamela, having seen you perform many times, I mean, you come out there and you just rock. And I'm like a you know classic rock girl myself. I mean, I don't play yeah. it, but I've certainly grew up with it. And I, I would probably fall back on say that's probably my favorite type of music. So I've seen you perform live, and you are really inspiring because you're like, whoa, who is that badass up there on stage? So um, just kind of like you know, you responding to other people's live music. What kind of response do you get to yours? Like people coming up to you after the show um leave on this warble like a crown because it's child Jesus Cause he lights the main And he sends him to the finest school in town Live on, live on lots of money He makes a lot they say Spends his days Counting in a garage by the motorway. He was born a father to a pawn on a Christmas day when the New York Times said God is dead and the war's begun. Oh, I've been tossing a hell the sun today.
Welcome to Meet Radio, and uh, we got a little Elton John going while I'm hanging out. Uh, Racers Alley Alex just sitting here, just chilling uh, between eight and nine. Anyways, uh, enjoy Elton. Blue jean baby, LA lady, seamstress for the band.
fact it's cold as hell and there's no one there to raise them if you did and all the science I don't understand it's just my job
Take me to heart, and I'll always love you. And nobody can make me do wrong. Take me for granted, leaving love unsure. Temptation strong A woman's only human You should understand She's not just a plaything She's flesh and blood Just like a man If you wanna do
days of summer, the Desmond room. July is dressed up and playing her tune. And I come home from a hard day's work, and you're waiting there. I care and no one. See the smile.
Masturbation. 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 
masturbation. A lot of people are turned off by masturbation. Jokes, particularly. They don't want to hear about that. Why? Some of the greatest people in the world. <laughs> Example, Sir Edmund Hillary. Sir Edmund Hillary was the first man to climb Mount Everest. But when Sir Edmund was a precocious 11, his mother came in the room, caught him in the act. She couldn't believe it. She said, Sir Edmund. Why are you doing that? And he said, because it was there. <laughs> the first person I knew to masturbate was Eddie LeCarrie. He used to tell us how he would go home and masturbate while he watched American Bandstand. While Dick Clark was saying, how do you rate this record, Denise? How do you rate this, Denise? You gave it a hundred, Denise. Dance to this, Denise. <laughs> Women, in numbers, do not masturbate as much as men. There's a lot of women who do it more than any man, but there's a lot of women who are basically romanticists and they don't feel right unless there's somebody else there. I have an invention for these women. A vibrator that talks. <laughs> Could have a little recording device in there, you know? I love you. Nobody does it like you. <laughs> could have, thank you, could have a special kind, special kind for married women. After it was over, it would fall asleep, you know? <laughs> Single girls, when it was over, would get up, raid the refrigerator and go home. I'll call you tomorrow. Okay, I'll stop talking about uh, masturbation. Get into something else. Nocturnal emissions. Now see, that might be, that might be a little difficult for some of the ladies here to relate to. But that's a wild feeling, because unlike any sexual experience, you don't really know what's going on. You see, you're like 12 years old, you wake up in the middle of the night. What the hell was that? I gotta remember what I was dreaming about. I'll tell you something else. Mothers like nocturnal. Mothers because for the first time, their sons make their own beds. Ah, uh, Ma, listen, I made my bed already. I cleaned up my whole room, Ma. Uh, you don't even have to go in the room with all the clean up, Ma. Uh, I'm going to wash the sheets, 
Fly, 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 it's a
My story begins pleasantly enough in the railroad station at Geneva, Switzerland. A young man bids goodbye to his family, a happy family, and to his fiancée as he leaves for the University of Ingolstadt. Make us proud of you, Victor. If you're to be a doctor, then be the best. I'll try, Father. Farewell. Remember, our love goes with you. Goodbye, Mother. And you, William, my dear brother. As for you, Elizabeth, my dearest... I know. Words can't express our feelings for each other. I'll be looking forward to your vacations. And someday... Yes. Someday, we'll be man and wife. Hurry, hurry, my son. The train is leaving. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Goodbye Victor. Boy. Goodbye, my dear. On the train, the young Frankenstein met up with his boyhood friend, Henry Clerval, who was on his way to another university beyond Ingolstadt. I wish our destinations were the same, Victor. I do too, Henry. But then I've never excelled at mathematics as you have. <laughs> and I've had no feeling for medicine. But let's never lose contact with each other. Never. I promise. As their friendship was bonded, Neither young man had the slightest suspicion of the terrible events destined for them. One day in the laboratory at the University of Ingolstadt, the seed of dreadful inspiration was innocently planted in Frankenstein's mind by Professor Waldman. Now I will put exactly three drops of the catalyst into the acid. One. Two. Ready, Frankenstein? Yes, Professor. And the final drop. Three. 
Observe the reaction of My dear Frankenstein, you are seeing one of the basic elements of life itself. It's astounding. It's promising at any rate. Perhaps next year, perhaps a hundred years from now, man will have discovered some other elements which create life. And then, then he will be able to manufacture creatures in his own image, which will do whatever he demands of them. That night, Victor Frankenstein made the first entry into what was to become the account of a man by his own creation. As Professor Waldman spoke, I felt as if my soul were grappling with a palpable enemy. And now, my mind is filled with one thought, one conception, one purpose. So much has been done, but more, far more, will I achieve. I shall go beyond these experiments. I will explore unknown powers and unfold the deepest mysteries of creation. Thus, Frankenstein decided his own horrible destiny. And as the months passed, his studies brought him closer to his ghastly discovery. One of the phenomena which peculiarly attracts me is the structure of the human frame, and indeed anything imbued with life itself. But to examine the causes of life, I must first have recourse to death. I must observe the natural decay and corruption of the human body. ぜんぜんいりません。欲しいです。行きたくありません。アイスクリームが欲しいです。アイスクリームが食べたいです。この映画は見たいですか？この映画は見たいですか？ ちょっとお尋ねいたしますが、この町の名前は何と言いますか？東京までどのくらいありますか？ 
ここから東京まで何キロありますかここから10キロですここから20キロですここから東京までどう行きますかこの道をおいでなさいこの番地へどう行くのか教えてくださいここへどう行くのか教えてくださいこの通りの名前は何と言いますか銀座通りはどこですかここから遠いですかここから近いですか右へ山頂です
flap like plastic. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM.